Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's Room 104, it's Kieran and Gav here. And to look back at all the things we should be watching, when we're not listening to Room 104, mm-hmm. on FM 104, of course, uh, we are joined by Olivia Fahey from Geek Ireland. We're going to chat about... Uh, a big movie that's been in the cinemas recently that's just coming out on home rentals. The Disney Plus show, which explores mental health, which is getting some uh, great f- uh, feedback and reception at the moment. And all the drama from the Formula One at the weekend. Um, but first, Dune is on Sky from Friday, Olivia. Yes, very exciting, especially after its monumental wins. Well, maybe not so monumental, but I thought it was monumental wins for them, considering they were nominated, the most nominated film that year, and, you know, they walked away with the most awards at the end of the day. So that's kind of what you want to happen, really. What did you think of Dune? Um, Okay. (laughs) I thought it was grand. Um, It definitely was visually spectacular. I thought that everybody was cast really, really well. But for me, it was definitely a part one of a two-part film. And I was sort of sitting there once the big, there's a big action sequence towards the end of the second act. And as you go into act three, you are kind of sitting there going, all right, lads, where are we going to be wrapping this up here? Oh, they might do it here. No, no, we're still going. All right. And it is a bit drawn out towards the end for me. Up until a certain point, I thought, you know what? This is like a five-star film. Definitely knocked it down to four stars for me. Is it not just a poor man's Star Wars in some sense? Okay, as a massive Star Wars fan, I actually take a bit of offence to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a massive I Star Wars fan too. It's, but, you know? Well, like it, I could see sort of where you're coming from, but it's like that's only if you break it down to the very, very bare, bare bones of like the Phantom Menace. Yeah, um, because okay. uh, it, like they spend a lot more time on their desert planet looking for spice. And hilariously, when we were watching the Book of Boba Fett with looking at the um, the pikes and the spice runners and things like that, you do kind of look at it going, oh, that that's actually very similar. Right? <laughs> so in that sense, yes, there are some similarities between the two. But I, the, the overall story arc, um, I think, is is different enough. And the world building is different enough to, to warrant it. Okay, so. Because like the poster even has a guy in a hood. You know what I mean? And like Timothy, Ch- <laughs> Timothy Chalamet is wearing, like, and he looks a lot like um, some Star Wars characters of the last three movies, those Timothy Chalamet. I love Zendaya. She can do nothing wrong for me. And she's got such a wealth of different experiences now as an actor. How amazing is her performance in this? Because I think she's the standout from this movie for me. Maybe that's just me just being a little bit of a of Zendaya super fan. 
In in Dune, you mean the film that she's barely in it for two seconds? Ah, she, Do you think she was the best? She's great in everything she does. I love her in this. I really, really do. I think she stands out in this for me. Is this just a cynical... She does, she, she, is this just no, a cynical... She, actually, she throw, does stand out. It's just the... a case that she's she's just not in it, is the thing. She's like, <laughs> she features very, like, like, little in these kind of visions that Paul mm, is having, mm. but she literally only actually comes into it where she is speaking and, you know, giving a bit of personality to her character literally in the last five to ten minutes of the film, and that's it. Now, she is going to feature more prominently in the part two, mm-hmm. um, which hopefully should be starting to film soon because Josh Brolin was just on um, Hot Ones, um, eating the chicken wings, and he did say that he was already starting his diet to get into shape for Dune part two. So they mm. must be starting to shoot Maybe over the summer, we might be seeing more shots um, on Instagram of him and Jason Momoa in, um, where do they film it again? Somewhere of deserty. I can't remember exactly where they filmed it. But um, but yeah, so hopefully we'll be seeing a lot more of her in, in the sequel, but we'll also be seeing a lot more of Javier Bardem, who I also think has a lot more to give to, to his character as well. Let's have a little listen to Timothy Chalamet talking about the movie. So huge gratitude for this whole process. I hope we get to make another one and in the role where he didn't, I'm already like hugely grateful just for this this moment. Well, thank you guys for chatting, and I want. To- yeah, he seems uh, he seems to have really really enjoyed it, and uh, I don't know. He seems to be overwhelmed with emotion. Is he a little bit boring, Timothy Chalamet? Am I am I wrong in saying that he's a little bit boring? Um, everyone's entitled to their opinion, is what I would say. <laughs> um, but um, I I disagree. I think he's actually a very interesting young man. I think he takes on a lot of roles that are different to what other men his age might be doing and um, mm. like I know that he was in the running for Spider-Man at one point um, when Tom Holland was auditioning and while yeah he probably would have made a very good Peter Parker he does look back on that and say do you know what I'm actually really glad that I didn't get it a because Tom does such a great job but also because it left me open to then go down all these other roles and do these other films instead so I think his repertoire, I think, is is quite strong for a, an actor of his age. I actually, I really enjoyed him in Little Women. I thought he was very good in that as well. God, they really had a typecast when they wanted the new Spider-Man, didn't they? Tom Holland, mm. Timothy Chalamet, quite uh, similar characters. Dune was filmed in Jordan in the Middle East. That, that's where it was. Jordan, that's the one. Yes, Thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, let's have a look at uh, another thing you've been looking at. Moon Knight on Disney+. Plus. What is this? So Moon Knight is another Marvel character who has not had any uh, live action adaptation up until now, played by Oscar Isaac in this installment. And essentially the character in the comics, shall we say, uh, the character of Mark Spector, he becomes an avatar of one of the Egyptian gods, Khonshu, who is the moon god. And essentially it is his job to then bring justice to those who commit crimes. In the TV series on Disney Plus, we're actually leading with a slightly different character called Stephen Grant, and he's also played by Oscar Isaac. And he discovers that his dreams that he's been having, or you know, his sleepwalking, may not actually be sleepwalking. And it turns out that himself and Mark are actually sharing the one body because he has um, disassociative identity disorder. So. Basically, Mark and he are having this like internal monologue fight over the body. And then you have Khonshu sort of coming in as well to be like, no, no, I want Mark to have the body because he knows how to activate Moon Knight and the powers that I have given to him. And it's a very interesting observation as to what is, um, did is kind of the abbreviation for it, what it is and how they're sort of dealing with 
mental health as a whole. So it's it's a great series so far. Only episode three has landed today. So there's only three episodes out so far and everyone is going crazy for it. And do you think they deal with, you know, mental health in a sensitive and serious way? They do. Like there's no there's no jokes about it um up until like the episodes that I've seen. So I've actually seen up until the end of episode four. And it does dive into it more I will say in the next few episodes so episodes three and episode four um as the character has we've now been it's been established now on the screen so now we're sort of diving deeper into the backstory the 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 inner monologues the kind of fight between the the good and the evil sort of within as well and it's I think it's done very tentatively but very cleverly they had a lot of um advisors on the set and advisors with the scripts and they all they all spoke very highly of it um during the um press junkets that we had as with them as well oscar isaac in particular was saying how important it was to him to make sure that they got it right and that they didn't want to portray it in a way that wasn't accurate but also stay true to the way that they've portrayed it in the comics as well so everyone was was very very conscious of it and it shows on the screen it's amazing to me that so say if we go back right in the 1990s, superhero movies, TV shows were pretty much non-existent, right? There was the Joel Schumacher Batman films. The less we say about George Clooney's bat nipples, I think the, the, the better, to be perfectly honest. I right? know, go on, go on, let's, not, let's talk about no, them. No, <laughs> and Arnold Schwarzenegger's Ice to Meet You. No, let that, leave that in the past. Like the first X-Men movie didn't come out until 2000. Then we had the Ben Affleck Daredevil holy lord in 2003 god love him and then Ang Lee's Hulk then 2003 right Fantastic Four but back in 1996 Marvel Comics right they offered Sony every single Marvel character for 25 million US dollars Sony said no we want Spider-Man for 20 they wouldn't put up the extra 5 million for every other Marvel character I'm kind of glad they didn't but someone in Sony is getting Kicking a red themselves. arse because yeah. they turned down all these characters. <laughs> Can you believe, Olivia, that back then they said no to all these characters? Like Captain America, Iron Man and Thor, they thought, no, nobody cares about them. They only care about the mainstream characters. And now we have one that not many people would know in Moon Knight. I know. It is one of those things of, wouldn't you hate to be that person? When people <laughs> mm. are saying, it's like, oh, why why did you leave Sony? It's like, eh, <clears throat> I uh, passed on all the Marvel characters. <laughs> but it's like, as much as they can say, oh, yeah, but I secured Spider-Man. It's like, you left this door completely wide open for Disney to swoop in and go, we can make this work. And it's even now looking back on it. Disney are the ones that are able to make Spider-Man work yeah. even better than, you know, Sony can at the moment, which like as much as No Way Home was more of a, a Sony endeavor, it the the hand of Marvel was very evident in that in comparison to the likes of Morbius. So, yeah, like it's baffling as well, considering there was an Avengers cartoon that was actually quite successful. And even then, looking at that, they still went, no, no one's going to want to see that in live action. Isn't that so why... It's Aven- crazy. Isn't that why the Avengers movie in the UK had to be called Avengers Assemble? Because there was a, the, t- the cartoon was already called The Avengers. I think that's why in the UK it was called Avengers Assemble. Everywhere else, it was just called The Avengers. It was actually... I think it was a change in the US as well in the end. Oh, okay. um, to because it, the whole Avengers Assemble is actually um, it was a tagline in a lot of the comics so mm. it was decided after because it was initially announced as just the Avengers and then changed to Avengers Assemble I actually think it was the 
now I'm going to say black and white and then people who watch the show will be like it wasn't always in black and white <laughs> um, there was a TV show called The Avengers and it was a man and a woman and I cannot remember anything else about the plot but there was another TV show in the UK and yes you're right in that sense that for Europe it was then referred to as um, Avengers Assemble to avoid clashing with that show which I think is still on like Dave or Gold at like noon or something like that probably is but, in, um, in between episodes so, yeah. of Top Gear on Dave <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it needs to break up the Top yeah. Gear at House of Games and things like that yeah. um, but yeah so like but like that like it happens quite a few times I think that you'll name a film and then realise that you can't call it that in certain countries I think uh, Zootropolis Zootopia was probably one of the most uh, infamous ones as of late um, considering Zootopia um, am I right in saying was some sort of um, not suitable for children website in Italy or something like that? I couldn't, that I couldn't possibly, I couldn't possibly confirm or deny that though <laughs> 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 I, I have to say though like I don't know what I did in the cinema before superhero movies you know sometimes you, you look back and you go what did I go to the cinema and watch before superhero movies I literally can't remember I'm definitely on the side of, I think I was always going to see films like this. So like I was going to the, all the Star Wars films, even as a kid, I was going to Lord of the Rings and mm. all the Disney films as well. So I was always kind of in that realm. Um, but like, I also then went to see like Dodgeball five times and it's opening like six days or something ridiculous like that. And I haven't done like anything like that with any of the the Marvel films as such so yeah, yeah. it's interesting to see how your your tastes and just what's kind of popular at the moment how it changes over the years yeah you've you mentioned dodgeball and we have to because ah. I'm, I'm sorry I'm so ignorant about about superhero movies they're not my thing but you mentioned dodgeball like a comedy classic from the past 20 years and if you think of the mid 2000s the mid 1990s the mid 2000s there were so many kind of comedy classics made <laughs> where are all the the comedy classics these know. days I don't know where are all the lines like he's not going to be able to see very well Cotton <laughs> you know dip, dive, <laughs> dip, dip, dodge. if you can dodge a wrench you can dodge a ball <laughs> on, dip dive D- dive dive dog, dog, dodge and, and, and dodge, dodge. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you guys just butchered that yeah. Yeah. Come, on, come on come on come on he gets killed oh, by the look of the so Irish funny. Yeah. dodgeball is great but there is also another superhero movie I mean we're going to talk about other things in superhero movies but the Batman which is like I feel like it was only in cinemas is already available to do some home rentals on April 19th I know it was literally a blink and oh it's available at home but I think that's that's a sign of the times like films aren't actually staying in the cinemas um, as long as they used to Mm. and I think once they do stop kind of turning over the the multi-millions um in theaters then they do tend to shift it to at home rentals kind of quickly but with the batman like i still know that there's people who have gone to full screenings of it here in ireland like on a thursday or friday night and they're like yeah it was packed and you know it was like their first or second watch um as it stands and when you think the film came out more than a month ago Like, usually you'd give it about 70 days or so before putting it at home. I think that was the deal with um, Shang-Chi before it went on Disney+. Plus. I think it had to have, like, 70, 75 days or something like that in theatres before they were moving it onto the streaming platform. Um, So, yeah, it's quite quick. But at the end of the day, I think they know that people have just gotten into the habit of staying at home. So there might be a lot more people who are just waiting to watch it at home, which I think for a film like this is actually a missed opportunity for viewers. I think this was something that you have to see on the big screen because it is just like with Dune, it's, it's just visually spectacular. It's like 
I thought it was more like a work of art that mm. kind of like an indie sort of just like really nice to look at film as opposed to just a superhero film. But then you've got it mixed in with all of these like detective sort of true crime kind yeah. of style things. And you're really like following the clues along with it. So like personally, it was I really enjoyed it because you'd nearly forget that, you know, Batman's there if he wasn't in his full like cowl (laughs) you'd be just like oh that's just another detective like oh no wait hang on what what what, what's with the ears dude i wonder if this movie is too dark for the small screen i wonder how it transitions onto a smaller screen now i know people in their houses i mean like have 50 60 inch tvs but it's so intricate the lighting the cinematography in this movie is stunning i just wonder how that's going to transfer onto a small screen yeah, I'd imagine we're going to have like very similar uh, <laughs> tweets going out from people like we did with the final season of the uh, like Game of Thrones or mm. what was that other show that was also really... Oh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on oh, Netflix. Yeah. They were both like really, really dark shows to the point that like, and we're not meaning like just the tone, it was just physically dark. You couldn't <laughs> see it. You had to adjust your the brightness on your screen in order to be able to see half of the action that was going on, which back when the final season of Game of Thrones aired, we had a really busted team. TV. so basically anything that was like really dark or black went into like red or even yeah. like if you're watching a soccer game and it was like the 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 green pitch it would just be like red patches on the pitch it was very very bad <laughs> so like if you if you don't have like one of the like the brand new tvs yeah it might not work as well but there are i think there is enough in the lighting that and especially like from the the stills that I I was sent to use for articles and things like that. There's enough lightness in there for it still, you still be able to see what's going on. But yes, it will be probably slightly more on the dark side than you are used to. Yeah, and the Joker's on Netflix as well. So, I mean, you can go and watch the Joker, then buy the Batman and watch them back to back. And of course, non-Snyderverse films. Not that we're forgetting about his amazing work on the uh, the Dark Knight. <clears throat> Sorry, what was they? <laughs> come on, come on. Are you seriously going to say that The Dark Knight is not one of the best superhero movies that there's ever been made? Yeah, but The Dark Knight isn't part of the Snyderverse, technically. <sighs> the Dark Knight is the Nolan era, and Snyderverse came into it with um, Henry Cavill's Man of Steel yes, and the casting yes, of yes. Ben Affleck as Batman. I, I don't... You're right. You are you are right about that. But it all it all stems. The Dark Knight was what kicked all these new Batman movies off. Well, the the ba- Batman begins um, yeah, really because really that's what character. really set the mm. that's what really set the tone. And even looking back on it now, as much as Heath Ledger's performance was like spectacular in The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight itself as a film was brilliant. Um, I actually think Batman Begins is probably a better film from a technical point of view, um, but just The Dark Knight had the more wow factor, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. This is Room 104. It's Carolyn Gav here. We're talking to Olivia from Olivia Fahey from Geek Ireland about the stuff you should be watching. Now for something completely different. Have a listen to this from last weekend. Okay, Max, stop the car, please. Stop the car. Stop the car. Uh, try to stop by a fire marshal if you can, please. Stop the car by a fire marshal. 
Fire, fire, Max Verstappen. The outpouring oh. of sympathy as he can hear from oh, Kieran there. The Dutchman, world champion, Asterix world champion for last year, Max Verstappen, breaking down yet again, Olivia. Formula One, it was race number three in Australia last weekend. You are a uh, Max Verstappen super fan. I'm uh, going to put it out there. Were you devastated to see him uh, pull to the side of the track yet again? Oh, I did actually exclaim out loud, like, you've got to be kidding me. Um, because it is, like, it's reminiscent of, was it Daniel Ricciardo's last season with them, where in, like the mm-hmm, two cars mm-hmm, just couldn't mm-hmm. finish a race? And you're just like, what? I know they put a lot of focus onto last season um, and that car when a lot of the teams had shifted focus to the 2022 car, which was actually supposed to be the 2021 car, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but it, it just baffles me because you don't see cars actually going up in flames anymore no, yeah. unless you know you crash into them so terribly that you end up exploding your engine a la uh, Roman Grosjean <laughs> but like this is the first time you've actually just seen him and he's just like pointing at all the flames to the marshals just being like eh, you missed a spot and yeah. eh, you missed a spot he put oh, his there, there's more over here like in. come on it's like Lads, like, can you not see the flames just jutting out of everywhere? I was concerned for his gloved hand at one point. He was nearly putting it right in the back of the engine. I was like, watch your hand, Max. And the, the, the marshal, I mean, normally marshals are great. He was standing there like a spare lemon. Spray the car with the fire extinguisher, please. <laughs> Which is so odd because, like, Australia is used to accidents and safety yeah, cars and all this. Like, it's one of the oldest Grand Prix, like, on the roster. But clearly, because they've missed the last two years... Three years, two years, two years. Two years. I've uh, lost track of no, time. So they haven't been um, but it's just like they've now. clearly just got a, gotten out of whack and they just don't mm. remember what they're supposed to be doing. Or your man is new and he was just like, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> what am I supposed to be doing with this? Like Ferrari, though, another dominant performance from them, except on the back straight, the porpoising was insane. Like, it's one of those things of... I was looking at the Ferrari stats and I actually rewatched the Schumacher um, documentary again recently. Mm. And like they had to wait, I think it was like 20 odd years before Schumacher won them another world championship. And it's nearly been 20 years since they won a world championship this time around as well. So 2007 was their last world championship with Kimi Raikkonen. And even then, I don't think they won the constructors title they only won the drivers championship that year this was their first grand slam which is fastest lap uh pole position led every race of the the race sorry led every led every lap of the race led every race jamie i'm trying <laughs> am i predicting something there by mistake um but like they haven't done that since 2010 with alonso um in the singapore grand prix so like i as much as I'm kind of like, wow, that was like a really dominant performance and at parts, you know, kind of boring because you didn't even see Leclerc at all <laughs> during the during the the highlights um, because he was just got off in front. All the action was behind him as such. Um, but yeah, like I can't begrudge them anything because Leclerc just seems like such a nice guy and the team have literally clawed their way back to the top from, you know, finishing not so great the last couple of years. Like when you when you finish behind a McLaren when the McLaren has not been strong the last couple of seasons, like you know something's gone wrong. 
Yeah, you do. And in fairness, the next race is in Italy, I think, which is really weird. It is it, in Imola, yeah. yeah like, so, like, it, but then they're going to Miami again. So it, normally, you know, you get a couple of European races in together, but obviously this is like 23 race season, so they put some random ones in there. You can't imagine, like, the track is the, <laughs> like, the actual name of the track is the Autodroma Enzo di Dino Ferrari. So, I mean, I'm mm. sure the Home Ferraris yeah. are going to be very strong there as well. Like, honestly... I could see Charles Leclerc winning this complete championship, especially if Red Bull can't get that Renault engine sorted out. I know Christian Horner said it was probably mm-hmm. something with the fuel pump this time, but they need to get that engine sorted. If they don't, like they cannot keep only finishing one car race. That's not going to work. No, they can't. And it's with Ferrari being so dominant, like this is even more dominant than we've seen Mercedes over the last couple of seasons, because yeah. even then it's like there was still battles. There was still you know, something else going on. Whereas like we're three races in and Leclerc has either been hot on the heels of Verstappen in the second Grand Prix in Jeddah. Yeah. Am I right? Yep, yeah. there we go. And, but like he practically ran away with it in Bahrain and he definitely ran away with it in, in Melbourne. So yeah, you just got to wonder, like he could have this whole season wrapped up very quickly if there is literally nobody else to challenge him because unfortunately it doesn't even look like Sainz who's in the sister Ferrari can even catch up with them at this no. stage finally some lo- love for Britain's George Russell finishing yeah I'm happy for him because like let's face it it can't be easy like being with Williams for so long and then you finally get your drive with Mercedes and then suddenly Mercedes are crap and you're also partnered with Lewis Hamilton, who is joint um, most world championships of all time. So, like, it's definitely a lot of pressure for for him. But he seems to be taking it well. And like, not only was out qualifying Hamilton, but he also finished ahead of him on on Sunday, which was deserved. He drove better. Um, Hamilton had an unlucky pit stop that he pitted just before a safety car, which meant yeah. that Russell essentially, when he pitted, got a free pit stop, no time lost. Um, I did think it was cheeky of Hamilton to basically start blaming his team to say, you've screwed me over with that pit stop because he ended up behind Russell, which, yeah, okay, that's fair. But you know as a driver that, a, a, especially in the Australian Grand Prix, a safety car could happen at any moment. It's the same every year. I don't think there has been one, at least off the top of my head, I can't remember an Australian Grand Prix that has not had at least one safety car or virtual safety car. Exactly. So exactly. for him to turn around and be like, you screwed me over by pitting mm. me too early. I'm like, well, no, you were saying your tires were gone, so you had to pit. So like at the end of the day, it Russell drove well, timed his pit stop well, managed his tires better. So yeah, but he finished ahead of you. Gavin, like, it, it, it's not, um, it's not rocket science. Gavin is a drive to survive Formula One fan. I, I'm a fake fan, basically. <laughs> so I, I'm just in it for the drama and the personality. Oh, did he hear me giving out about them last week? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you start! Get your hands off my Netflix purified, produced version of a sport. Wait, wait till they do it with golf, Olivia. They, they are. I think they... it's tennis and golf have put themselves forward, and they said, "We, you know, we want the viewership. We want the the." But I really like the way they could actually call the golf one Drive to Survive 2 this is like I really want them to call it that I really hope they do oh do you know what I hate to say but that is an excellent pun isn't it it's very good thank, well, well thank done you. well thank, done thank you very much thank you very much I'm happy with that we can end it now my, Olivia said my pun was good <laughs> yeah you know I don't throw compliments your way very often no, no. so I'll give you that one <laughs> thank you <laughs> Olivia Fahey from Geek Ireland thanks so much for joining us and we'll catch up with you next week chat soon guys 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.